Welcome everyone to the Star Wars Historians here on the Gazebo Effect podcast. Luke, we are back again for another episode in the Philosophy series. Yeah, we are. And today we also have a special guest, a returning guest. He was on with us in our podcast episodes since Disney took over. It's my twin brother, Daniel. Hey everyone, you guys can call me Darth Vidicus. No. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't think anybody. That's the name I want used. That's okay. By Daniel, obviously using a Sith Lord name he created for himself. Um, we are talking about the Sith today. Uh, you know, yeah. previously last week we talked about the Jedi Order. We talked about the Jedi Code. You know, and and went through examples of where the Code seems to have some issues and some problems. And we're going to do the same thing here with the Sith, the Sith Code. And go through a couple of Sith Lords who've really impressed and really have done well to carry the name well. Um, and I'm excited for this episode specifically because as we were talking, Luke, the last podcast, you know, there's some things that were kind of bleeding over in terms of how the Sith and the Jedi in some ways could could relate to one another. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the Sith Code. Luke, do you want to go ahead and just kind of recite it for us just to kind of set things up? Oh, yeah. So, uh, the Sith Code begins like this. Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Mm -hmm. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The Force shall free me. So, uh, as you can see, it's very different from the Jedi Code. In fact, in some ways, it's the direct opposite of the Jedi Code. Yeah, I agree. I think the the essence of what drives um, each faction in terms of their relationship with the Force, it seems to be a complete opposite. The Jedi seem to, you know, take their emotions out of their relationship with the Force, while the Sith seem to encourage it through through their code and and what they draw their power from. Yeah, I mean, there, it's just, like, literally, you, you have direct, like, uh, contradiction between the codes because the Jedi Code makes the statement that there is no emotion, there is peace, and then the Sith Code begins by saying, no, there is no peace, there's only passion, that peace is a lie. It's also a bit interesting because where the Jedi code is like these are lines that are true in the like in the life and the manners of the Jedi uh, the Sith code actually has more kind of general statements like for example I mean that very first statement peace is a lie there is only passion isn't anything that's contingent on anything it's not anything that is describing how a sith lives uh, it's describing what a sith believes but it's just a a statement about their kind of worldview that there is no peace available there is no possibility for peace i think i think for me like you like you guys said peace for them doesn't exist just based on how they live their life but going like david like you said when you first brought it up about how different it is from the Jedi Code just based on emotion. 
But in the Sith Code, not only is it emotion, it's more than that. It's passion. Because passion is basically just even more overflow of emotion. So it's like emotion times four. Like an exaggerated emotion is passion. And so for them, for Sith, it's not just feeling emotions, but pushing it over the top and letting their passions guide them. And I think a better way to say that is maybe passion is emotion driven by a direction, driven by something more. So in terms of where you have emotions is is like you could be happy, you can be sad, you can be angry. With passion, it says there is a desire for something. Um, and for the Sith, which we'll see later on in the code, it's power. Power is what they're passionate for. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that kind of int- uh, opens up a little bit of an interesting gray area because the Sith Code doesn't specifically say anything about drawing power from emotion, but like Daniel said, it's passion. And the Jedi Code, on the other hand, takes two different lines to say that there is no emotion and there is no passion. So maybe emotion is the sort of gray area. I haven't looked at the gray Jedi Code yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if they touch on emotion or not, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and I think looking at that first line, peace is a lie, there's only passion. It also means this is a passion that is never going to be satisfied. Or maybe this is a belief that the Sith have, that there should always be something that you're striving for. Always something. There's always more power to gain. There's always something more to receive and be satisfied. And the fact that you can you can be at peace with yourself is even more of a lie. And I think this is an interesting part of their code right off the bat. Yeah, I think it's very much, I guess, in the history of the Sith Code being written, I think it's really well descriptive of what the dark side is about. Because once you start feeding on the dark side, you, you never have enough. And so, of course, there's only passion. Of course, you're never going to truly be satisfied right and so let's go ahead and actually let's go ahead and take the next two lines and kind of put them together yeah so uh, as a reminder through passion i gain strength and through strength i gain power i think it's interesting where this seems to take us it seems to take us to the fact that you know it's your desires that push you farther it's your desires that make you stronger um And you could even say, and I might be jumping ahead, but someone like Anakin who became Lord Vader, you know, his passion and his love for Padme and his desire to save her made him stronger as he leaned more into that passion and more into that dark side, those dark side emotions to push him into something that You know, he says, I've become more powerful than the chancellor. I can overthrow him. It's that sense of because now I have something to fight for, something to live for, something to strive for. That is that builds me up, that that gives me a purpose to be stronger than ever before. And I think Anakin is a great example of this section, because um, just look at why was Anakin different? than all the Jedi. Passion, emotion, those things made him stronger because he was able to channel 
all his passion into strength. Anything he did, he did with success because he actually cared about what he was doing. The Jedi teaches that you must be centered on all things. Anakin was pretty unbalanced if you if you look at the the totality of his character. Yeah, and that I mean, might have been a reason why he was so strong was because he let his passions not guide him, but he let it kind of affect his ability. Yeah. And there are so many moments in the Clone Wars where you see that uh, unbalance. You see that uh, passion-guided strength. And it's like you, all you have to do is just like go on YouTube and look at like Anakin dark side moments. And it's crazy. And it's kind of funny because at the same time during all this, he's becoming kind of a celebrity amongst the other Jedi because he's so powerful and so successful in everything that he does. But literally, he's just he's basically channeling the dark side uh, to to do what he wants. Sometimes, not every time, but. And I think we even see that that when he starts to receive, when his strength starts to come out, and he he starts to gain that that title of being so powerful you know he continues to grow and elevate in the ranks of the jedi more quickly than the jedi council wanted him to i feel like at Mm -hmm. times and and just like we would expect with the what we've learned from the sith code already he wasn't satisfied with where he was in the council he kept demanding more and more more recognition more like control yeah and so this is a a a very good part of the code now here's where i think the code gets interesting it says through power i gain victory through victory my chains are broken and then read the last line the force force that's weird the force uh, i said it again someone (laughs) else say it for me please and and i'll read the last line the force shall free me. Well, I don't know why that was so difficult for me. The force. The force. Because you have that sus. It's the sus sound from the force mixed with the sha of the shall. That's, that's so right. Just, you just joined it together. Yeah. But let, let's walk through that. Through power, I gain victory. Um, that's the ultimate goal. You, I would think for the Sith, but I think victory not just on the battlefield, but I think in every facet of life, you know, um, that you have victory over other people. You have victory over, um, you know, your your fellow Sith users. You you have victory. I don't even know a better way to say it, but dominance. You yeah, you it's have dominance. dominance. Dominance everywhere. Yeah, and I think that it also kind of demonstrates that the power isn't just for power's sake, but the power has a purpose behind it. And uh, there's a good point uh, risen up in a video about um, kind of some of the philosophy behind the Force, sort of like what we're doing. Um, and it, it, the this narrator looks to um, some examples in... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which is where I feel like we really see a lot of development over what the Force really means. And so I'm excited to see what they do with the High Republic era because I think we'll see some of the same things. Anyways, so in Knights of the Old Republic, there's a there's character after character who um, they begin uh, their path 
in the dark side because they want to do something good. Uh, like a person wants to become more powerful so that they can free a group of slaves. And so they want that victory. So they want the power in order to achieve a, a certain accomplishment. Uh, in the prequels, uh, it's Anakin wanting the power in order to achieve uh, the kind of salvation of Padme. So it, that's how it the the path kind of begins. But because that first line of the code is still true, that there is no peace, only passion, suddenly that, that one victory uh, doesn't matter anymore. And I think that's why through victory my chains are broken is is followed up next is just because uh really the sith don't view uh the person being free until they have victory over everything mm -hmm. and i think so here's my only question i think i would ask you know you're talking about you know usually when someone turns to the dark side it it usually is for something good or with the intentions of doing something good, how would you would would you see Kylo Ren just as the exception of that? Because I think his was was a little bit stranger than that. Yeah. Well, what was the reason for him turning? What was the reason? Because I think that's one thing that wasn't really explained. In the sequels? I think that's um, also a good point. Yeah, because we, we heard that Snoke was turning Ben. But there was no reason why. Was it just because he wanted to get closer to his dead grandfather? Was that it? Or was, or was there something more to that? I don't think we got um, a clear enough picture on why Snoke turned to Kylo. I think, I think a lot of the reasons why the dark side can... So basically, it might not always be for a good cause that somebody begins the dark side path, but there always needs to be something that lures the person to use the dark side. Like, there's always some persuasive element that says that it's the only way out. And so mm -hmm. I think that might, in the case of Kylo Ren, maybe it's like harbored resentment against Luke and against Han. Uh and so uh, Snoke just uses that, and and the lore of power is really strong. And then you have like this desire to for like self justification and self uh, like getting justice for yourself against the whatever resentments that he had against Han. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a lot there that. I haven't seen as that explains why he began that path. Yeah. And I think Daniel probably said it best. And, and again, this is not an episode we've already talked about the sequels, but I think this is another area where, you know, I think they could have done better because mm -hmm. it seems like when we're into the force awakens and even the last Jedi, we, we see Kylo Ren already there, not him being developed. Um, and seeing how he went down the dark path like we've seen with with other you know dark side force users in in star wars um and 
I think another thing that I'm going to kind of question, I guess, in this code is the last line, the force shall free me. Um, and the reason why I challenge that is because what does that mean? Because if you remember, the first line is peace is a lie. So does the does the force actually free you? Or is it just an endless cycle that we see in this code? Do you ever truly get to that last line in your lifetime as a Sith user? Well, I would say that the evidence definitely points to uh, that not being the case. Uh, in Knights of the Old Republic, there's a Sith Lord named Ajunta Paul who uh, was a legendary Sith swordsman, and yet his uh, Force Ghost haunts his tomb because he can't be at peace with the Force. However, I do think that the Sith, in a way, view this last statement to be free, or I mean, this last statement to be true. It's just maybe, and I, actually I think this is a good turning point uh, to talk about how I think Sith believe the last statement to be true whenever they are in power of everything and whenever they have victory and whenever they consider their chains to be broken, but that freedom only lasts during their lifetime because uh, there's been a big emphasis uh kind of from the prequels about how Sith are terrified of their own deaths. They don't want to be at one with the force, uh, nor do they want to become force ghosts like Jedi uh, learn how to do. But instead the dark side will try to do whatever it takes to cheat death. Yeah. And I think, and I think Luke, you kind of said it was like Sith don't really get to enjoy death. And so that's why they can't, so I think that might be the reason. And in other versions of this code, the force shall free me isn't in there. And David, I think, like you said, many of them don't achieve that in their lifetime. So that might be someone might have thought of that and been like, okay, well, maybe we need to just get rid of it. Because especially in the old age Sith, a lot of them were murdered by their own rivals. So there's no peace there for them. So like you said, peace is a lie. But are they really free? Like you said, because at the towards the end of their life, they don't get to reap the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. And I think we, this kind of pushes the conversation now that we're 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 going past the code and you know digging deeper. Um, there is a understanding, there is a belief that in terms of the, when it comes to the battle between the Jedi and the Sith. You know, while the Sith are battling the Jedi, the Sith at one point in time were fighting one another at the same time. Uh, so it's like the Sith were fighting the Jedi, but also, you know, fighting against themselves, keeping them from progressing into a dominant force that could have destroyed the Jedi Order. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think the big problem that leads to that is what we see in the language of the Sith code. If you think back to the Jedi code, it's much more, uh, it's much more general and not very like 
focused on a single person. But in Sith, in the Sith code, it's all about I, 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 me, my. Um, it's very much individual. And so that individualism, because not everybody can be the most powerful force user, that individualism led to a lot of betrayal and a lot of infighting between the Sith in the kind of ancient period, leading to a, a, a second kind of code that is associated with the Sith called the, uh, the Rule of Two, which is uh, first described in uh, the prequels with Yoda talking about how uh, always two there are, one master and one apprentice. Mm-hmm. No more, no, no less. More. No less. And then in the past, it was canonically made by a Sith named Darth Bane, who still exists because he's in the Clone Wars, but I'm mm-hmm. um, not sure if his books are still canon. What this does more than anything um, just highlights how the rule of two really. I don't want to say fixes things, but really gives the Sith an advantage over the Jedi. Because if you look at number structure wise, you have in the Jedi Order, in the height, in its height, you have thousands of Jedi Knights um, that can spread out across the galaxy and, and can prote- and be the protectors and be peacekeepers as they, they love to be seen as. And then you have the Sith because there's so few of them. You know, there's only two that gives them an op an opportunity to move in secret, as as Palpatine did for so many years under the nose of the Jedi Order. Um, because again, I think the Sith, not just in the prequels, but also we see it in the sequels in the Rise of Skywalker. Although it was to you know, not a not a grand moment as much as as it was in the prequels, but we see it also in the Old Republic. You know, when you talk about you know the Old Republic video game um, that we've talked about in the previous podcast, you know, the first you know cinematic that we see from there is as we've been waiting, and even though it's a different sense of, but I feel like the Sith, what they love to do is they love to go back. They love to plan in secret. And with the rule of two, you're able to do that with such ease and such precision that you're able to infiltrate. And I think the Sith doing the rule of two really gave themselves an advantage. Yeah, they're not wasting their energy on fighting each other anymore, but they're using all of their energy to form these really uh, intense and evil plots. And it's much more effective that way. It's the reason why they they did the rule of two was to be able to survive and to move in secret and to and and especially for Palpatine that's how he infiltrated, you know, because he moved in secret. But him only being two, he wasn't drawing attention to himself, being part of a huge faction. And so I think that, like you said, David, that's how they they were able to not only survive but to be able to move secretly, and it really did give him an advantage in the end. So then I have this question. Does Palpatine follow the Sith code as we know it? Or does he make modifications in order for him to excel even more? I think he does a, a pretty good job of 
living by it. The only thing is... He, Palpatine's an interesting Sith. Because mm -hmm. we don't really get to see him progress a lot. He's just kind of always already very strong in both the prequels and then and the original trilogy. So it it the first line might be called into question because we don't actually see the emperor desiring any more force power. Now he does of course extend his political power immensely. So maybe that that counts. Um, so, so the first one's a little bit iffy, but everything else, even though we don't know what it is that is feeding Palpatine's hatred, he, he has it like in the, in the comics and in kind of every time that he lets his dark side guys slip a little bit, he, he is very much full of hatred and that just feeds his dark side knowledge immensely yeah and i agree i think palpatine is an interesting character mm -hmm. um when we talk about specific dark side force users that have really shown what the code is all about and as we kind of wrap up our time here um what who are some dark side force users that have really impressed in terms of you know fulfilling the code and also just being incredible uh living up to the sith name darth revan for sure i think or is, he or is darth revan the best jedi mm -hmm. both boom yeah all we I, we can't talk about the sith without talking about darth maul um through and especially because he has an interesting role um, after the Phantom Menace. So in the Phantom Menace, he's just, he's the apprentice. He's the second part of the rule of two, but he survives and Palpatine keeps getting apprentices after him. So you have this kind of rogue dark side agent kind of going off on his own mission and uh, like climbing to his own power in different ways. And he's very much like he was chopped in half and only survived because of his hatred. And so that passion gave him the strength to, to live and then to eventually fight Obi-Wan multiple times and then climb to the top of the crime organization. I And Darth Maul is actually my pick as well. Um, I will say this, though. Um, kind of as a final thought in this conversation, but I think someone who's tragic in terms of their time with the Sith is Darth Vader. Um, because I think through through some things, the, the code, he achieves the code up until the line before the force shall free me is through victory my chains are broken. If anything, his chains were kind of grabbed him a little bit tighter. Um, he wasn't as free as everyone thought that he was. He was bound by the dark side. Uh, he introduces this concept of uh, when he says the line, you when he tells Luke in Return of the Jedi, 
You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. He's in chains. Yeah, and frequently he's saying, it's too late for me. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no way out. I think that's actually a really good point. And I think that has a lot to do with how powerful Palpatine is. That he upset the balance that comes with the role of two. Because, I mean, the, the, the... eventual goal of Darth of the rule of two of Darth Bane's rule of two is that the apprentice should replace the master like Palpatine did with his master Plagueis. So whenever you have the master in control for so long and such a crippled apprentice like Vader, although he was still very strong, he just wasn't physically ever going to be able to, defeat the emperor except by surprise just uh, another hey luke this will probably make you happy but um lord vader before his encounter with the gajot uh obi-wan kenobi i think he was probably on track to be more powerful than the emperor and to overthrow him uh it's the tragedy of losing himself and losing those around him, being crippled by the one who loved him like a brother. That is where I think Vader was just like, this was not worth it. And he lives in regret the rest of his life. Yeah, that's true. I don't think there's really a single moment where, well, okay, I guess the, the, the moment of Vader being in the dark side and being more or less pleased with it is from from joining it i guess but even then he's just fueled with anger and so he doesn't mm-hmm. really get to enjoy his power because immediately afterwards padme dies and he's crippled and then just spends years imprisoned he all the people that he cared about gone uh, his his own body scarred and ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's truly uh, a tragic tale. Yeah, and that's not how we wanted to end this podcast. It really isn't. Somber note. Yeah, the dark, the dark side doesn't pay kids. <laughs> it's quicker. It's easier. Mm-hmm. It's more seductive. Mm-hmm. Says Yoda. Daniel, please, Dan, please don't tell me you're going to try and tell our millions of listeners why the dark side is better than the light side as as the greatest jedi of all time said it takes strength to resist the dark side only the weak embrace it Mm, yes weak from a certain point of view Mm. okay (laughs) i'm just saying that if the light side was better then why does a sith keep coming back that's all i'm saying the dark side never dies because kathleen kennedy that's why Okay, you know what? You're right. You might be right there. There's always going to be light and darkness to meet it. Unless that's not how Snoke said it. Is that? Yeah. Or was or it darkness, darkness rises? and light? No, I thought it was darkness and, light. and then light rises to meet it. Because Ray showed up. It's been a while since I've watched The Force Awakens. Austin, mm. Or was that The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi. It's been a while. It's in a lot. You know, the sequel it's... trilogies is not something that we always go back to. No, it's not. 
But we've already done that podcast of why. I remember more prequels than pretty much anything else. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Well, guys, that's been our time here today talking about the Sith in this philosophy series. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. We've really appreciated you being on with us. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Luke, um, any idea of what we're going to talk about next? We're going to talk about something that a lot of people are really big fans of. I think it's overrated. But we've got to talk about it because, you know, good things come in threes. Also, just if one is to understand the entirety of the Force, the entirety of the great mystery, I don't know. What does he say? Palpatine. Ah. Good. Who, thank you. Who, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that sorry. addition. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Could, could you could you go again and say that again? And also, who's saying this? Who? Yeah. Who are you quoting? Palpatine. Oh, it says if one is to understand the great mystery is a force, one must be open to all pathways. Uh, all pathways. Not just the rinky dinky of the Jedi code. He does not something say rinky dinky. He does not no, say rinky dinky. Something dogmatic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're the worst. I am so, the worst. anyways, if we want to understand the full mystery of the Force, then we got to talk about uh, the what's in the middle. What's in the middle between light and dark? Um, so the gray Jedi, um, which has a unofficial code. It's more unofficial than the other codes that we've talked about. But um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot of the Grey Jedi that we've seen. Well, actually, they, there's some that show up in canon. So mm-hmm. it'll be well, a good time. Not confirmed yet. Yeah. but Well, they don't call themselves Grey Jedi, but there are people yeah. who are in the middle. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's been the Star Wars Historians here on the Gazebo Effect podcast. And like always, may the Force be with you. Always.